The Holy Gospel according to John, the 11th chapter. When Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. He said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus began to weep. So the Jews said, See how he loved him? But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and the stone was lying against it. Jesus said, Take the stone away. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, already there is a stench, because he has been dead for four days. Jesus said to her, Did I tell you not that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here, so that they may believe that you sent me. When he said this, he cried out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth, and his face wrapped in cloth. Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. The Gospel of the Lord. My dear brothers and sisters, I bring you grace and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. As I mentioned in my welcome, this is All Saints Sunday. It's one of the most poignant, uh, melancholy, bittersweet Sundays of the year when we remember and name, as I already mentioned, the, uh, in this case this year, 22 Uh, individuals who have died uh, since last All Saints. And I have a couple of reflections. One of them, the first thing I want to talk about is connected to All Saints sort of specifically. The other um, has to do with uh, a broader comment about festival days like All Saints and their connection to how we understand time. So All Saints, uh, first of all, Uh, And what I've been reflecting on this year about All Saints actually was prompted by a comment that someone made at the most recent Sing Boldly event, uh, which was last Tuesday. We've done a number of these now. Um, If you've not been to one, I would encourage you to try one out. We've got one coming up later in November. They are seasonal events, so they're theme-based, and last week's was, of course, focused on All Saints. If you've been to one of these, you know that we mostly sing hymns. Um, I'd say 95% of the time that's what we sing. And most of those hymns are really well known. Um, The song, though, that prompted the comment last Tuesday was not a hymn, although it would be very appropriate in a hymnal. 
Um, it's a song called Orphan Girl by a contemporary artist named Gillian Welch. Does anyone know that name here? Okay, one, <laughs> maybe more. I'm not going to tell you all of the lyrics. It's a very simple sort of uh, melancholy, uh, poignant, bittersweet song about a woman who talks about being an orphan in this lifetime. She says, I have no mother, no father, no sister, no brother. Eventually the lyrics move to a place where she says, when God greets me at the table in heaven, I will be reunited with all of those people, with my mother, my father, my sister, my brother. But in this lifetime, she says, towards the end of the song, Jesus, please, I invite you to be those things for me, to be my mother, my father, my sister, my brother. It's a beautiful, again, bittersweet, poignant, melancholy song. And the woman I was sitting with uh, next to me after we sang it said something in response to it that, that I thought was uh, beautiful and simple and profound. She said, that's a sad, happy song. And it strikes me that that is a great description of this weekend of All Saints Sunday. It's a sad, happy Sunday. And the readings for today reinforce that perfectly like bookends. Um, the gospel, I'm going to suggest, is the one that lifts up the sad and the revelation, the happy. Uh, and the, the gospel, of course, is the raising of Lazarus. It's a famous story. Um, it has a very famous Bible verse in it, Jesus wept, um, which is the shortest verse in the Bible and therefore uh, beloved of confirmation students who have to memorize <laughs> a Bible verse. Uh, but more seriously, that verse is important because it reminds us, and Rachel hinted at this in her children's sermon, that uh, tears are okay. That if Jesus wept, and that they were real tears, right? They demonstrate Jesus' humanity. If he wept at the grief uh, and the pain of losing a dear friend, then that, I think, sort of baptizes or legitimizes our own tears and makes us recognize that they are, in this lifetime, uh, unavoidable and appropriate. So that's the sad. The happy, uh, and happy is maybe not quite deep enough for this, but this is in Revelation. Revelation, of course, is the last chapter of the Bible, and this reading, which is often read at funerals, is towards the end of that book. The heading in our Bible is the new heaven and the new earth, um, or sometimes called the new Jerusalem, which is, by the way, uh, what's the focus of the 24th panel of our stained glass here, the eternity, eternity uh, window. And in that reading, we hear God himself from God's throne saying, see, the home of God is among mortals. That's important. The home of God is among mortals. So here at the end of the Bible, as we look to the end times, what is being said is that we all will be reunited with the God who we were separated from at the very beginning of the Bible in the Garden of Eden, in, in uh, Genesis, with Adam and Eve. So see, the home of God is among mortals. God will dwell with them. They will be his peoples, and God himself will be with them. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more, for the first things have passed away. And then in the middle of that passage, a verse I skipped just then so I could emphasize it, is another verse about tears. So in the Gospel we have Jesus crying, uh, sad tears, and here in this reading we have this promise. God will wipe every tear from our eyes. 
And the important thing to remember about or to note about that promise, which I cannot begin to get my head around in this lifetime, it's a miracle, a mystery, but it's that it doesn't just mean that God will wipe whatever tears happen to be lingering on our cheeks when we meet God, but that in some miraculous, mysterious way, God will reach back in time and redeem all of time and wipe away all of the tears that we have ever shed, which is a beautiful uh, promise. But we aren't there yet, right? And so in this lifetime, and again, this is this happy or this sad, happy day that we celebrate today, on the one hand, we honor and acknowledge and validate uh, the tears that we shed and we say it's okay to cry those, but we pray that those tears are informed or infused by the hope of that eventual promise. So that's a comment about today, about All Saints. Now, again, I want to say a, a word more broadly about festival days in the church here. And we've talked about the church calendar before, and All Saints is one of those festival days. Um, the church calendar is different from the secular calendar. Uh, the most obvious way it's different is it doesn't start on January 1st, it starts with Advent. Um, and throughout the year, there are a number of festival days like this which are not paid attention to by the secular culture, which is fine. Um, and I wanna just reinforce the importance of these days, right? In the culture around us, it's saying, hey, pay attention to this or pay attention to that or here's the most important thing going on. And part of the wisdom of the church calendar is that we come here and we say, whatever else is happening in the world today, in the case of All Saints, we're gonna focus on those people who have died in the past year. And that kind of emphasis on those days throughout the year, I think, reorients or reframes um, time for us. I think it reorients uh, the calendar, and I think it frees us from being captive to whatever's happening this day, or this week, or this month, and it extends our sense of time, uh, and it reminds us that this is not our true we have talked about that before. Jesus before Pilate says, my kingdom is not of this world, nor is our true, true home of this world. Now, please hear me. That does not mean that we don't care about this world. Plenty of people, uh, Christian people, through the centuries and through the millennia have been wonderful reformers and focused on peace and justice. But we focus on this world from the perspective of eternity. We are reminded that, again, this isn't our true home, which is why this is the perfect weekend, both because of what I just said about time, but also about all saints, uh, and remembering the saints who've gone before us. This is the perfect weekend to dedicate the columbarium here at St. Philip the Deacon, which we will do in a few moments. We're not gonna go out there. We'll dedicate it from the baptismal font, which reminds us of our identity. But that columbarium, I hope and pray, will continue to remind us of uh, our eternal destiny, right? And it will surround us in a physical way here in this place with the great cloud of witnesses, with all the saints who have gone before us, uh, symbolically certainly, even if they aren't resting here. 
And I'm grateful for that space, and I hope and pray that it is a blessing to us uh, in the future. In the meantime, on this All Saints Day, wherever you are in your journey of life as it relates to grief, uh, and all of us experience grief, whether there is grief that is fresh in your life, and I know for a fact we have some members of our congregation who have very fresh grief this week, or whether your grief is more distant but still painful, and I just this week met with a wonderful older woman whose 40-year-old adult daughter died decades ago, and not a day goes by when she doesn't remember that beautiful, beloved daughter. Wherever you are in your season of grief, please know that here in this place, your tears are honored and respected, and you are surrounded by people who love you and by a God who cares for you. And together, all of us look forward to that day when all of our tears will be wiped away. Amen.